I want you. I want you. This episode is all about the power of language. I'm Dr. Christy Wise, and this is Life Sauce. Dr. Christie, one of the things I really hate about emails is that it it lacks all expression. It's mm. just words. It's hard sometimes to decipher what the true emotion or meaning is. Language is so important, and things can be misconstrued so easily. Mm. And obviously, in your line of work, language and communication is absolutely fundamental to a strong relationship take it from there. It's it's so true. And it's same with text, by the way. It's why I always tell my clients not to discuss important things over text um, because there's a difference between okay, okay, and okay, right? So that power of language in relationship, and like you said in emails, is so profoundly important. Yes, because it can be misconstrued, but it can also be... Um, uh, stingy, right? Like people could be very stingy with their words or how they say it. And the problem with that is, is that it completely lacks depth, but it, mm, you're blowing chances of amazing intimacy and connection. How many times have we read a text or an email and think to ourselves, what the hell did he mean by that? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and it's even getting more so if there's a period well, you put a period at the end of the sentence, which means you're pissed, right? Like the interpretation is profound. And so, yes, I know that it's part of our lives and our worlds now to be able to communicate that way, but it absolutely needs to be followed up with true and deep communication and the difference in language and the way we use language is so important. So one of the distinctions I use is saying what's so. Basically, it's right now people kind of the buzzword is speaking your truth, right? I know, I know it's 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 very like, you know, but we we go in circles not saying what we're really trying to say because we're afraid of the language and we're afraid of the language because it makes us feel vulnerable. Right. So let, let me give you a, a quick story about this. Um, when my daughter was little and my dad would secretly smoke and we all knew he secretly smoked, he would go in the garage, he would go in the backyard and he would secretly smoke. And my daughter would get super pissed. When I was little, I used to poke holes in his cigarettes with a toothpick and he'd get furious. And like the Italian, like, ah, you know. Um, so one day I'm sitting in the kitchen and my dad goes outside to secretly smoke. And my daughter comes in and she's kind of at that little bitchy, you know, 13 year old, like eye rolling kind of, you know, head bopping, you know. So she said, where's, where's Papa? And I thought, Ooh, you know, like this is going to be one of and she starts to go outside and I blow it and I say, oh, he's outside secretly smoking because I have no ability to keep it. So she looks fired up. She's going to go light him up. And I grab her by the arm and I say, Alexis, tell Papa what's so. Like basically what you really want to say. And then I held my breath because she went outside and I thought, whoop, you know. And she, I hear him say, 
I heard her say to him, Papa, I'm afraid that if you smoke, you're going to get sick and you'll never be at my wedding one day. And I will forever be heartbroken that you're not there. And he, I could see his face well up with tears and they hugged each other and she came inside and she rolled her eyes at me because that's what she does at 13 years old and walked away. And I thought in that moment, it changed their entire relationship. You know, he stopped secretly smoking in my backyard, but I could see that there was a closeness there that hadn't been before. Let's translate all this now yeah. to relationships. We, yeah. we we have a whole couple of generations um, that communicate by texts and emails. They almost read like Hemingway novels. Everything is cut and terse and, and, and so forth. And it translates over into the way they they speak in person with, with people. And I would think that in, in a relationship, that could lead to some serious problems. Oh, it does. And... And, and again, we become desensitized to it. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I go out to a restaurant or, you know, happy hour or brunch, I look around and I see how many people are on their phones. And it's it's such a disservice because there's no depth. You know, we're so used to doing it quick and having it fast that there's really no depth in the whole conversation. And, and so things have become very servicey. And even, by the way, I'm going to go a little different direction with this. In dating, to be able to go on Tinder or some of these websites where you're just swiping, 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 and you can heart somebody, and that one heart shows interest, is very different than having to go in like old school and walk up to somebody and have a conversation, and can I buy you a drink, and actually have a whole conversation through one cocktail or whatever it is, and and it is getting lost, and that power of language, that power of connection and communication is is everything like it it runs countries it brings down countries right i mean it's like it's so important there is a therapist in in canada who is paid $400 an hour by parents to teach their children how to talk on the phone <laughs> and and she's making a big living doing this and she's very much in demand because we have just cut ourselves off from that human connection. And there's a whole generation growing up who have never learned to communicate properly. And then they get married. And then what happens? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. I, first of all, I'm in the wrong field because I love that <laughs> idea. But I know, especially during COVID, where I would, you know, uh, coach a lot of my clients uh, on line or on zoom or, you know, my younger clients would FaceTime. And I don't know about you, but when I FaceTime, I sit and I hold the phone so that I'm face to face. They walk around the house, make a sandwich, even go into the bathroom, put it on the counter, do their thing. Like, you know, like there's not even, it's just a voice on the other, other side of it. There's not there's none of that. So there is a whole generation. And by the way, I do believe that they're having a hard time with sex and intimacy. And I don't mean getting laid. I mean making love and connecting and having be more than just a one-night hookup or whatever it is. Because then that would involve deeper conversation and more connecting and even getting vulnerable and being like, I really like you. I'd like to see you again. You know, now it's based on if he's watching my Instagram, is she watching my story? Is she, 
and and so the communication is it's a whole different kind of communication. It's not even actual, really, communication. Do you know? What happens to our society and our, our culture when we lose the ability to communicate with people? Yeah, we lose connection. We lose empathy because then it's just our world, what we see, what we think, our opinion, and we stop really listening to each other. You know, it doesn't mean that we have to believe or buy into anybody or everybody's differences or their opinions, but to really hear and to be able to communicate what that means is totally different. And so we miss out on the ability to really get to empathize and participate as a group, as a whole, as a family, as a country, as a, you you know what I mean? So can a couple have a successful marriage if they're both so non-communicative the way we think of it in interpersonal relationships can they be happy can they have long-term relationships well yes they can because if they're like-minded that way and neither are interested in depth i mean and if that's the way they live their life and they're okay with that okay um the quality of life we i would look at i would say okay you know what are we really committed to if you're committed to a deeper quality of life deeper quality of love even deeper quality of sense of self then we have to put ourselves out there a little bit and there's a big difference between love you l u v love you and i love you or thank thanks and thank you I mean, they're just completely different communication. A couple comes in to see you. They're having a problem. They're not sure what the what the cause is. Um, what are the clues that lead you to believe it's a communication problem? So, first of all, they'll sit on the couch and not look at each other. Right? It's hard. It's weird. You're sitting next to somebody, but when I ask them to turn to their partner and you know, can you say that to your partner? And they struggle with, sorry. Then I know, then I know that just the basic, you know, that's just to say sorry, especially when you own it. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have been an asshole and I should say sorry. How about you turn to her and say sorry? Sorry, you know, is very different than, oh my God, I love you. I'm so sorry that I did that to you. And I had no idea how much that hurt you. And I can't say that I won't do it again, but I'm sure going to try. Like that's a whole different apology. Growing up that way, I think it part certainly comes from um, dependence on electronics and, and and the need to be able to communicate in that fashion. But there must be other causes for that as well. What, what are they? Yeah. And I, I mean, some of it is, you know, um, social learning. Some of it is that we have changed by the way education is, you know, not at least when I was growing up, you know, you gotta go, you have to go to college. It means you won't get a good job. Now there are people that are making lots of money being influencers and never go to college. So I think that the, the values have changed some and culture could be uh, one, you know, one issue too. But I I think we've become intolerant in a way because it's almost like that, uh, you know, like when you're in your car and it's like a false sense of security. It's why people can flip someone off and 
have road rage and feel entitled, but then you see that person in line at the grocery store and you feel horrified that you were an asshole, you know, that kind of thing. I think that we, we've lost that ability to, to expose ourselves. That sounds so wrong. I know I'm going to have a thousand clients that said, you said expose yourself. I'm going to say, no, 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 that's not what I meant. But, um, I think that we've lost, um, the ability to find the importance and the value, even if we're from different cultures, you know, I, I grew up half Italian and in my, in Italian culture, at least for me growing up, my grandparents were so expressive. I mean, so if they were mad, you knew if they were passionate, you knew, and you're like, uh, you know, even their spaghetti sauce. And I always have this story that all day long, they would argue over the spaghetti sauce. My grandmother loved it spicy and my grandfather loved it sweet. And all day long, I would watch them walk by the pot and he'd fix it. He'd change it and make it sweeter and she'd make it spicier and they would get frustrated. And I'd hear them all day long. And then at the in the evening and we would eat, sit down and have the pasta and all this, then they were, it was almost like it was foreplay for them. Like, you know, they'd be passionate and everybody would get uncomfortable and, you know, because they were so passionate, but I could see them communicating all day long. Do you, you know what I mean? And, and I could, so I could see the buildup of that connection and how they maintain connection that loses something. If you're just throwing a text saying, Hey, what do you want for dinner? So how do you teach people to communicate? I mean, yeah. obviously it's ingrained mm -hmm. in their very being at that point. Yeah. And they have no idea. And in fact, I would think that most of them don't even have an idea that they have a communication problem because the way they communicate is normal yeah. to them. Yeah. But it's not working. It's it's leaving out many things that should be important to a relationship. Yeah. So What's your instruction? Well, starting to learn that vulnerability is a strength, not a weakness. When people feel vulnerable, they feel like it's they're weak, do you know? Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is that when we are fully vulnerable with ourselves, with how we feel, with what we want or need, there's so much power. Do you know, for somebody to say, I'm so sorry makes them feel like they've, they're weak. But if, if you finally find yourself in that place and love becomes present because you're vulnerable, there's all this power in that connection. So I think it's shifting with practicing vulnerability. Um, let's see if we can be, uh, a little more constructive to those, uh, watching and, and listening, um, and, and I think it's in it's in two parts. First part is uh, how do you make it, again? You're talking to me as though I'm a patient, or to our, our viewers and listeners. Um, how do I become aware that I have a communication problem in the first place? What what, yeah. what should I be looking for in, in within my own life? Yeah. So I would start with what you're hungry for. What feels missing? What feel, where, where do you feel blase or apathetic and where it's other people's fault? Like, I don't know, my job's just okay. My boss is kind of an asshole. My partner's okay, but she doesn't give oral anymore. My kids are okay, but they don't call. Uh, I used to be fit, but now I don't have time. You know, things that are 
just mm, so-so. And the minute I hear that, then I think, okay, there's some areas we can start with one. You pick one. Let's just pick one because all we have to do, it's like the compound effect, is make little tiny changes that equal one huge change. Well, I don't know. My kids don't ever want to call me. Okay. So what if the reach out, what if the try, what if the making plans with them is, is something that you're more willing to take a part in? Well, I don't, they don't pick up the phone. Okay. But what if you called and said, I miss you. I'm proud of you. You're the best part of my life or been one of the best parts of my life. Please come play with me. That's hard. What kid wouldn't go, okay, dad, okay, mom. Do you know? I sometimes put the basketball in my trunk because I love to play horse with my kids. And I'll just simply say, I miss you. I have a basketball. Do you want to play with me? Right? That's, and of course, what kid isn't, do you know? Okay. Like they're so sweet. They want to love us. They want us to love them. So again, it's about that. I'm going to put my neck out just a little bit. Just one thing today. Dor, the people in the, in the in the current digital generation in this country and, and really in almost every country, even aware that, that this is a problem they may possess? No, they're not aware of it. They feel that the, I think, some might be, but I feel like they're not really, that it's just the way they are. Like it's just their generation. Do you know what I mean? And sometimes it's important to communicate on their terms. You know, if we're all at, out at dinner and I notice that the boys are on their phone, sometimes I'll open up my Snapchat and start sending them Snapchat in the middle of dinner, like funny ones, you know what I mean? And they'll laugh and they'll go, okay, and they'll put their phone down, you know, because if they're not going to listen to me because they think I'm, you know, being old fashioned or whatever it is, I'm going to then use, they speak their lingity in a, in a way, do you know what I mean? And do it in a way that's like, hello, you know what I mean? Like the puppy on Snapchat with the tongue, you know, like, hello, I miss you. you. You know, that sometimes we have to be willing to step into their world to invite them into ours. Do you ever ask your clients the, the, the declarative question, how do you communicate with your significant other? Do you do it through texts and emails? How much time do you spend face-to-face -face really having in-depth talks about issues and problems and wants and needs? Yeah, they, they out themselves. They're, they spend so much time on the argument, on the screaming. We spent hours last night. Finally, I said, I'm so tired. I have to go to bed. Can we finish this tomorrow? Do you know? But they don't spend hours on the other, like their hopes and their dreams and how how is sex? That was so much fun last night. I couldn't believe you did that. Like there's not a lot of conversing about the good things, so there's not a lot of balance. And so it feels like then the communication all becomes about negative things, you know, the the honeydew list, the you know, and and so um and and it and unfortunately that's exactly how we're socialized, even the fighting thing, you know, you could be texting in a fight and then well, I'm not going to do this through text. So they call each other up and start screaming at each other on the phone, you know? And so instead of it being like, let's, let's talk long before we have to scream at each other. Do you know? What, what do these people have to open up in, inside their own 
uh, beings inside their own psyches to be able to communicate in a way in which they have never done before. Yeah. Is uh, First of all, we have to kind of put our ego, and I don't mean ego in a bad way, by the way. We all have an ego. We all have our, that's our being, right? Like you know, Freud would call it something different, but we all have that sense of being. But sometimes putting the, I'm going to win or I want to win this, there's not going to be a, a prize at the door for me, a medal at the door. Actually, I want to do something that's going to move us forward. So let me communicate in a way so that I can empower you to do the right thing if what I need, like if what I need is more time and attention or you asking how my day was before you go and put on the basketball game, do you know, then it's instead of being like, you always just put the game on instead of, I miss you. I really want your attention. I waited all day. Please. Can we sit and just talk for a few minutes? That's an invitation that moves things forward. And it, it does it. Uh, it does it in such a way that it's not accusatory. Right. I mean, it, it, it makes it much more simple and, and easy to ease into those uh, conversational situations, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And how does the partner know if what you've been doing for 10 years is coming home from work and putting the TV on and not, then all of a sudden one partner's mad. It's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know. I mean, we don't want to hurt each other. We love each other. You know, so that really is the second part of of the equation, isn't it? It's, it? You can begin to be more communicative, but you also have to be very cognizant of how you say things. Yeah, yeah. The power of language is everything. If you can honestly tell yourself, the way I'm communicating to you is moving us forward. Like because fights are okay if they move you forward, if they push you back or leave scars, then we want to think about what we're saying, how we're saying it. And again, the power of language is huge in the way that we communicate with each other, what we say, the way we say it, even the intention behind it. How do we learn that? How do we teach that to people? How do you teach that yeah. to people? I would say how I would teach it is like everything else is that in no way do we expect perfection. That if I were to ask you, try one thing each day, just one little thing, that's it. Again, it's like the compound effect, right? One little thing equals one huge thing, like an ant, an anthill, you know what I mean? So I'd say tomorrow, try communicating in a different way. And by the way, if you fuck it up, you get to have a do-over. You get to say, wait, wait, let me say that one more time. I'm practicing something new. Mm, I didn't say that. Let me say that. Can I say it one more time to you? I'm sorry I was late. I should have called you. Rather than going, I work, I bring home money, I, uh, 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 the traffic. Do you know what I mean? I, I hit traffic. I'm so sorry. I appreciate you cooking dinner. Let's sit down and be together. And that's a very loving way to talk to your partner, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. It comes from a place of love and desire for more and to be together. Not, like I said, there's no prize. I tell my clients all the time, you know, there's no ribbon at the door. You don't get a prize. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like actually the opposite. Good luck getting oral after that one. <laughs> you know? It's just not going to happen. Uh, can you teach communication through sex? Is, is that a door opener? 
in any way, shape, or form? Through sex can be. I mean, it's one of our most vulnerable states. It depends on the couple and their freedom of expression during sex. But we can definitely get much better at it because it's the time where we get to be a little different than who we are, which, you know, and so it might be a good time to try on, you know, it's like, I don't know, we were in the, you know, throes of passion and I just said it, you know, it is sometimes easier when you're in the throes of passion, you know, but then it needs to be practiced and it needs to be continued. Even if by the way you're saying, well, that was kind of hot. Was that hot? Rather than going, oh, I can't believe we did that. Oh, that's embarrassing. You know what I mean? Being able to acknowledge that was kind of hot that you spoke up. Like, you know what I mean? Like being able to breathe life into it. Like the fish story, you know, you know, the fish story, like somebody at Thanksgiving says they caught a fish once and like three Thanksgivings later, the fish is like this big because they've told it so many times the fish grows every time. That's how we are in relationship. We breathe life into things. If I'm constantly breathing life into my partner as a dick, over the course of, you know, saying it 300 times, he becomes a great big dick instead of just being an asshole. Do you know? So we want to be careful about what we're breathing life into, right? So it's a, it, it seems like a lot of it is just attitude and, and being thoughtful about whether you say something that's going to be hurtful or, or or something that is being said in a loving way. The words may be the same. The attitude has to be quite different. Yeah, the attitude, the delivery, and that you guys are committed to the same goal, which is the we, that we promised forever, and we're going to make this forever. And even when it's hard, I'm going to practice being better for us. It makes me better. It makes you better. But we have the same commitment. And if they're not able to do that, if let's say in this case it's it's the husband who always talks to his wife in in that way, in, yeah. in, in a negative connotation, does that immediately tell you that there is a, a lack of respect um, between the, the, the couple, or at least for him to his, his wife? Yeah, I mean, the lack of respect... Um, well, what, but, what I'm getting uh, at, Dr. Christie, yeah. is if you are truly at that point where you no longer respect mm. your significant other, does that indicate that right. the marriage is going to be doomed, the relationship is going to be doomed? Well, if, if respect can't be rebuilt, if they're not committed to it, then yes, likely they're just buying time, burning time. I shouldn't say buying time because we burn time, right? Um, but if figuring out where the lack of respect has gone awry and why there's no lack of respect or what needs to be put in place to build respect, then it's possible. But ordinarily, if couples start disrespecting each other, like contempt is the number one indicator of divorce. And so when there is disrespect and contempt, then it's a sign that, you know, it might be time to go. Can you ever get that respect back? I mean, I guess in some cases you can, but right. once you've lost that and you've fixed in your mind that this is how you feel about that right. person, how can you possibly reverse that? Yeah, no, sometimes, and then you have to decide if it's worth it for you. How much, how much as somebody who's being disrespected, how much do you need or want or willing to take in order to 
teacher partner or to, do you know what I mean? Like that we have limits and we have to really decide we don't have forever. And there are, you know, some people believe in only one true love, my person, or some people believe in lots of different types of love and different kinds of love, but there has to be enough self-love so that feeling respected and honored is something that you get to live with as a right, as a human right. Almost um, half of the marriages in this country end up in, in divorce, yep. sadly. Um, so so do, do we feel as a culture as and as individuals that this marriage isn't going to be our one and only? Do they always have that in the back of their mind that, okay, here's my first try. I hope it works. But, you know, it's not likely. I got a 50-50 chance. Right. And I'm going to be moving on. And if that truly is the case, that people go into relationships feeling that, do they look at their at their partners very differently than people who are very hopeful and have common goals and that sort of thing? Yeah, because there's there's always it's like the one foot out, the one foot in, one foot out, and and sometimes then we it's even like a self fulfilling prophecy. They create it, like well, I knew that nothing lasts. I knew that relationship doesn't last, and so then they start to you know, create situations that damage the relationship, you know, and some people, if that's how they're brought up, like, you know, you try once, you try again, you try again, and that's okay for them. What's not okay is the damage that occurs, the peripheral damage, the kids, the damage to sense of self, the damage, financial, all those things, that part's not okay. If what they say is, look, we're willing to give this a shot, but if it doesn't work out, uh, we're not going to have kids because of it. We don't want to hurt anybody. You're going to keep your bank account. I'm going to keep my bank account. If there's some some decisions that they've made together so that the damage is lessened, okay, then that's their value. You know, it's no different than some people who are polyamorous or whatever it is. They make, you know, that you get to make up the rules. But what's not okay is all the damage, you know, that's that's caused in the wake of it all. If a couple is unable to communicate, um, does that make it easier for them to to fall into some things that could eventually be very disastrous, like adultery or that that sort of thing? Well, yes, because again, that's like the self-fulfilling prophecy. Or if not getting to do the work, your personal work, leads you to ending up with the same type of partner, only dressed up in a different outfit or, you know... And and at some point you don't start to seed your own patterns, then we spend our lives making the same mistakes over and over and over rather than saying, okay, I learned faster this time. I hopefully will learn faster next time, but clearly I need to do some work in this area of my life because I'm not committed to doing that again. Do you know? I'm not sure if that answered your question. It does. Um are you able to put together a little checklist for people listening and watching um, warning signs, things they should be cognizant of? Let, let's talk about that checklist first yeah. and then secondly, yeah. what they can do about it. Oh, yeah. I can absolutely, absolutely come up with a checklist. I probably even already have some <laughs> somewhere. But, um, you know, I think when when – you start making excuses for your partner when you start making excuses for yourself, when you start selling yourself out, you know, um, I, 
the things that used to be important to you, spending time with friends, exercising, having your eyebrows done, you know, whatever it is, you know, I have, I have some clients that used to really enjoy, um, time alone or, uh, you know, whatever it is that you start not doing in your life anymore. But speaking specifically uh-huh. about poor communication oh. in a relationship, what, what are the, what are the warning signs? The warning signs, I think, as I think on the top of my head are, um, when you start making passive aggressive digs, when you, um, withhold, you want to say something, but you cut yourself off for fear of the reaction or, and I, this is a huge one. People say, oh, it's just not worth it. I just, it's not, you know what? Like, uh, we don't need to get into it. Forget it. You know, and that's the stuff that's the pee in the bathwater. That's the stuff that just builds up over time. Uh, where they don't fully communicate or they needed to get something from the communication and they just gave up on it. Like, well, he said, sorry, not really, but uh, at least he, you, you know what I mean? When you start kind of surrendering to what you thought you needed or you just want, you give, you know, you give in on it. And, and so much of this, you know, becomes a part of, is a part of someone's personality in, in many ways so that they may not even be aware that they're doing this. Right. So how do, how do you correct it? Yeah. Well, and that's, that's where the communication is so important because if, if you were to know, truly know the depth that you were hurting your partner, it might be very different than, oh, what an asshole. Do you know, like I use the example of my ex hanging up because he had bad manners. Oh, we all hang up on each other. We all, it, it would hurt my feelings like crazy. And I tried first gently communicate, you know, communicating it. Then I got pissed. Then I got really pissed. And I stopped answering the phone, like ridiculous. Then I, then I thought, okay, I'm going to make a joke out of it. I'm going to charge him a hundred, a hundred dollars every time he hangs up, which was a lot throughout the day. Cause he would call a lot. And then I thought, oh gosh, now I'm making so much money. This is kind of, I hope he hangs up. I hope he hangs up. Like, you know, there's new shoes that I'm, you know, you know, but, but recognizing that at some point I had to say, when you hang up on me, it makes me feel so unimportant and so unnecessary and so disrespected that it's impacting me and it's impacting our relationship. So please I know it's a habit, so please practice not hanging up. Please practice saying goodbye to me because it really hurts me. And the way you just expressed it, you know, sounded very soothing and loving as opposed to saying, damn it, the hell, don't ever do that again. Same sentiment in a very, very different tone. That little change can make all the difference in a relationship all the difference because the truth is we don't want to hurt each other. I mean, even if we're not as passionate as we used to be, or even if love changes, this is a major part of our life. This person, we don't want, we don't want to hurt them, you know, but we can be apathetic or, you know, take them for granted or get lazy or not even have any idea that what we're doing hurts them so badly, you know, and communication is both on, the communicator, but also on the receiver. Like it, it is a two-way street here. And so what 
can our listeners and viewers conclude from all this? Yeah, that if what you're communicating isn't landing with your partner, then pay attention to what would make it land for them and ask them, you're not hearing what I'm trying to say, so maybe I'm saying it wrong. So is the way that I'm saying this to you not landing for a reason? Well, yeah, you get bitchy and you roll your eyes. Okay, so let me try not being bitchy and I'm not going to roll my eyes. Let me say this one more time without that. Do, do you know what I mean? I do. And, yeah. and this is not like rolling a rock up a hill. These are actually very easy things to change if you're motivated to do so. Yes. Yeah. And ultimately, isn't that what we want? And this isn't, by the way, just with a romantic partner. Try communicating with your boss like that. Like I do a pretty good job and I feel like you're not noticing and I really want you to notice. What do I need to do so that you can notice how hard I'm working? Easy peasy. Yeah. It's like there's so much power in that. Yeah. It excites me. <laughs> if if our listeners and viewers walk away with just that one thought, I think you, you've really done your job today. Yeah. This isn't so. uh, rocket science, is it? It's really not. And it's practice. That's okay. That's okay. For more information or to submit a question, go to our website, lifesauce.com. That's life-sauce.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media. I'm Dr. Christy Wise. Thank you for joining us.